All right. Before I get into my message, one thing I wanted to mention about the sermon I'm going to be preaching on Wednesday. Now, don't take this the wrong way, but the sermon I'm going to be preaching is, I believe, the best sermon I've ever written on soul winning. In fact, it's probably the best sermon ever on soul winning. Now, does that mean I will preach the best sermon ever on soul winning? I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. But as I, as I put this message together, as it got done, as I'm looking at the notes, I'm like, this is the best sermon I've ever written on soul winning. And I tried thinking if I've ever heard one better than what I put on paper. And I, I don't think I have. I, I really don't. And so, uh, I'm, I'm real excited about it. And, um, I think every, I think everyone needs to hear it. And so, um, it's, I think it's a camp meeting worthy sermon, even though most camp meeting people aren't really into soul winning, but I mean, it's like worthy of glory laps and things. And we will be south of the Mason Dixon line. So it will be appropriate. It will be socially appropriate for you to run glory laps, uh, when you listen, if those going down there to listen to that. So not trying to say that in a bragging way. I'm just excited about it because again, I believe very much in soul winning. And so we'll see what happens when I preach it. I'm, am I, I've, I've put together some great messages and it just, it fell flat when I, when I preached it. So we'll see what happens. So just pray for me that I will preach. I, I will do a delivery worthy of what I put on paper. Okay, so pray, pray for me on that. But anyway, James chapter 1. Notice what it says in verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then lust, when it hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So notice the warning here, how we are tempted by our own lust. When you get, when you give in to your personal lust, the Bible says you're enticed, you got tricked. You got, you got taken advantage of. And what I want to preach about today, or the title of my message is, what you seek is not always what you want. What you seek is not always what you want. One of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking they will find fulfillment by giving their flesh what it wants. All of us have things that we long for that in our minds, if we had these things, we'd be happy. Most of us think, man, if I, if I could get, you know, had a million dollars, I'd be happy. Life would be great. But you know, the reality is if you got that million dollars, it might not even improve your life that much. All right. And I'd like, I think it probably would, but at the same time, not necessarily. And Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. And I don't think we realize how easily we are deceived by the things of the flesh. But what are we being taught today through Hollywood and you know just our world? They tell people, follow your heart. What does your heart tell you? That is one of the most foolish pieces of advice that you can give anybody. Our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. You don't want to know, what, you don't want to know why man fell? Because Eve followed her heart. She saw a tree that would look good for food and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she followed her heart. And then you know what Adam did? Adam followed his heart. And he did. He gave in to what his wife wanted. And he ended up plunging the human race into sin. And we've been in a lot of trouble because of people following their heart. That's horrible advice. And I don't think we realize how easy it is for the devil to deceive us into giving in to the things of the flesh. No matter how much we want to go on a diet, we just constantly get deceived by those golden arches. 
And, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a psychological thing they say, too. They're like most restaurants, they have red and yellow. Red and yellow, those colors, we associate them with food and they make us hungry. But it, and I've always wondered, you know, what came first? What, did we just associate those colors with food because of McDonald's and Dairy Queen and Burger King and Wendy's and all these places? They all use, they all use kind of the red and yellow. You know, or is there something psychologically that's always about those colors that's made people want to eat? I don't know. But it's amazing how we can be determined, I'm going to start eating healthy, and then we see French fries and then just, like, forget it, you know? Well, we, we, we go after those things. Because our flesh, okay, is so easy to deceive us into giving into the things of the flesh. First John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So right there, the things that we are always tempted with, Satan tempted Eve with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Satan tempted Jesus with all three of those things. Jesus, thankfully, uh, did not give in any of those things, but those are always what nails us every time. And one of our biggest problems that we make, or that we, is we allow our other people to tell us what we want. It's amazing how Americans, it seems like especially, we let other people tell us what we want. People who do not have our best interests in mind. Okay, McDonald's doesn't have your health in mind. They have your money in mind. Our government does not have our best interests in mind with the stuff that they're promoting and the stuff that they're pushing. But yet, we let them constantly tell us what we're looking for, what we're supposed to think about, what we're supposed to talk about, what we're supposed to fight about. You know, the Super Bowl. Everybody was supposed to be watching the Super Bowl last week. I just want to go on record saying I was not offended by one single thing that happened or took place in the Super Bowl because I didn't see a thing. I didn't see a thing because I've learned. I've learned. And you know what? It's amazing how people will spend millions and millions of dollars for commercials on there. And why? And because so much of America is influenced. They let advertisers tell them what they're supposed to think about things, what they're supposed to like. You know, they let them tell them how, what they're supposed to wear, how they're supposed to do their hair. And people just go along with everything. Just no ability to think on their own. But we've got to understand these people, they do not have our best interests in mind. And we are always going to be creatures who desire and long for things. And longing and desires, lust, are never going to go away from our flesh. We will always have these things as long as we have this earthly tabernacle. And turn over to James 4. In James 4 and verse 1, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your own lust, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not. Because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw an eye to God, and he will draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. 
And there's so much we could say about these verses right here. But I want you to notice how he says you will fight and you will war and you will do everything that can humanly be done to try to fulfill your lust. But the reality is you have not because you ask not. The truth is what we need to do instead of just following our hearts and going after the things of our flesh to find fulfillment and satisfaction, we should ask God to give us the things that we actually do need. We should recognize I don't have the ability to know exactly what I need because my flesh lies to me all the time. My flesh constantly tricks me. My flesh constantly deceives me. I am just going to trust God and I'm going to ask God to give me the things that I want. And I am not going to go along with this world. I am not going, I'm going to uh, fight against the devil. I'm going to resist the things of the devil. And let me tell you something. Whenever you see all our world uniting around something, I think it's good for us to just kind of have a contrary attitude towards it. When the, I, I, you know when I get nervous? When the Republicans and Democrats start agreeing with each other. When I see Hollywood agreeing, when I see the news media, when I see them all come together on something, I immediately just kind of take an opposite position. You know why? Because these people for sure are all about promoting the things of the flesh. And I'm not supposed to be following after that. I'm supposed to be resisting that. And so it is. We should, we should get concerned when they all unite around something. And part of, and we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to have the, the humility to admit that I can't trust myself. I can't trust my flesh. I'm going to go after what God says. I'm going to seek what God tells me to seek. I'm not going to seek what the world is telling me to seek. I'm not going to go after those things. And so, but part of our fallen nature that resulted, you know, it was, it resulted from Adam and Eve longing after something that was forbidden. And it, it, we do. We all have a real problem of pursuing things too, that sometimes aren't even in and of themselves necessarily sinful or necessarily bad, but we pursue these things thinking this is going to provide some kind of joy and fulfillment in my life only to find those things, to succeed in getting those things. And it's like, you know what? This is what I thought. I'm still not satisfied. I'm still not, I'm still not happy with these things. And we see, exa- we see examples in the Bible of people pursuing things that were sinful. Remember Amnon, who was longing after Tamar, something that was forbidden? I mean, and he was sick as a result. He, couldn't, he wasn't happy if I could only have Tamar. But then, you know what? He got Tamar, and then you know what? He despised her in, in his heart. That wasn't what I thought. He hated her. So, Amnon got what he was seeking for, but in reality, it wasn't what he was seeking for, was it? It had an opposite result. He thought, if I could just have this, I'll be satisfied. He got it, and it did anything but that. But we see also, too, this can even happen with things that aren't necessarily sinful. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. It says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block and unto Greeks foolishness. So, for example, is it necessarily sinful to want to see a sign? Is it necessarily sinful? Is it sinful to want wisdom? Is it sinful to seek after wisdom? Now, obviously, when it comes to salvation, 
God did not provide salvation through wisdom and through signs. What did Paul say? We preach Christ. So I, you know, I get it. Looking for wisdom, wanting to see some kind of sign, that in and of itself is not sinful, except for the fact it's contrary to God's plan that he has. But either way, you know, those who have sought after wisdom, sometimes they find it. They find wisdom. That doesn't mean they find salvation. But wow, that's that uh, level of smarts that they have that's above everybody else, you know, the, where they can feel superior, they found it. But in reality, they didn't find what they were looking for, salvation. There's a, there's a lot of people out there looking for signs. And, and you know what? A lot of times, too, they find them. In fact, quite often when people set out to find wisdom or signs, they do find them in their mind. They absolutely find them in their mind. But the problem is they found the sign of the wisdom, but they still don't have salvation. Sometimes you can, you can, you can be looking for something so hard that you'll find it, even though it's not really what you wanted. Because has anybody ever wanted a sign before? You know, I, I, I talked to somebody one time who used to go to um, our church before it was Liberty Baptist Church in our old building. And they were telling me a story about the former pastor one day. He was just driving along and he was like, Lord, just give me a sign. And he literally found the sign that was in front of there in a ditch. That sign that's in front of that, that was in front of that building, that pastor found it in a ditch after praying the Lord would give him a sign. And he was like, well, that wasn't what I was thinking, but you know what? He's like, you know what? I'll take that. And he, t- he took that sign. <laughs> so kind of a funny story there. But the truth is, people who are looking for signs always find them. You know why? Because we typically do find the things that we're looking for, but when we find them, it's not really what we're looking for. For example, I'm always seeing a sign that I should buy a boat. Every time I see a boat and it says for sale on it, has a for sale sign, I always tell my wife, it's a sign. Okay, now the reality is I just want to buy a boat. I don't need it. I can't afford it. But I could justify making a foolish financial decision if I had a sign, right? And so the signs are everywhere. Okay, you know, and the, and the truth is, you can, if you want a boat bad enough, you can find all kinds of signs. Now, I was just praying, Lord, give me a sign. And Pastor preached on Noah in the ark. That was a sign. Did a whole sermon about a boat. Preached on Jonah Well, mentioned a boat. Preached on Jesus and his disciples out fishing. They were on, well, they were on a boat. These are signs. Yeah. Reality is, if you're looking for a sign, you'll find a sign. But that's still not what you really need. That's not what you're really looking for. And so, yeah, I had all these signs. And so I went and I got a big loan and now I got a boat. And now I can't afford my car payment. So I got my boat. But, you know, that's not really what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for a difficult financial situation to get in. And so a lot of people do. They find what they're looking for, but it's not what they truly needed. And it's so important that we learn how to search for the right things. Because... This is one thing I have found out in my own personal life. I have figured this out too through pastoring and just seeing how it is with people. People always seem to find what they're looking for. The problem is people are usually looking for the wrong things. And we've got to learn how to look for the right things. Because if you're whatever you're looking for, I'm telling you, you're going to find it. You are going to find the things you're looking for. The question is, though, when you find what you're looking for, will it be what you actually wanted? Will it be what you truly wanted? You know, when you're hunting deer, everything looks and sounds like a deer. Everything. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have seen a squirrel and I thought it was a deer. You know, first split second. 
You know, I've seen humans and you think it's a deer. You know, I mean, you just when, when you, you got to watch it. You got to watch it when, when you're hunting. You, when you're sitting out there in the woods for hours, just looking for deer, looking for deer. Everything looks like deer. You see the outline of them in the trees and the leaves and the bushes. I mean, just everything starts to look like a deer. And so, again, you know, you have the people, too, who are always looking for reprobates in the church. And you know what? They're always finding them. Everybody's a reprobate. If that's all you're looking for, you are going to find it. I mean, seek and ye shall find. The problem is we're just seeking for the wrong things. And we've, we've got to watch out for this kind of thing. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Okay, if you want righteousness, you can, you can find that. The problem is most of us aren't really looking for that. We're not really hungry for that. We'll say that because we know we're supposed to say it. Yeah, I'm looking for righteousness. But, you know, you're not looking for righteousness. You're looking for the things of the flesh. Because if you were seeking after it, you would find it. Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So I'm not finding what I'm looking for. Well, are you sure that's what you're looking for? Are, are, are you sure you're being honest with yourself about what you are actually searching for in your life? The things that God wants us to find really aren't that hard to find. The problem is we're just not really looking for them. Proverbs 1, verse 20 says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. So I want, I want wisdom. Well, no, fools actually love foolishness. They love it, the simple. They often love their simplicity. If you want wisdom, it is available. If you are not wise, if you do not have wisdom, it's because you are not looking for it. Because let me tell you something, wisdom is crying out in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. She's not hiding where nobody goes. She's, she's out there where everybody goes. Wisdom is available for whoever's looking for it. In the openings of the gates, in the city, she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Listen, wisdom is screaming and crying out, saying... Don't do drugs. So I've never heard her screaming that. I, I literally one time watched Wisdom scream, don't do drugs, in Rock Falls watching somebody walk down the street acting like a zombie. I remember one time, I, I, Wisdom was crying out in the streets and I showed my children when we were, we were stopped by the post office and it was late at night and we saw a guy walking around from the bar, drunk, acting, looking like a zombie. And I pointed that out to my kids. I said, that's a zombie. Why? Because they, he, he looked like one. He was at, walking around like one. But I also told him what turned him into one. It was the alcohol. It was the drugs. And let me tell you, wisdom is crying out, saying, stay away from those things. But a lot of people, you know what they do? They give in to their flesh. And let me tell you something. In the world that we live in today, there is, there is no excuse to be so foolish as to get involved with drugs and alcohol. I said with the internet, the things that are available. You, you don't want to know where, where wisdoms cries out, don't do drugs to me too. It's on like these Twitter accounts like Clown World. Those are so videos of cities where all these drug people just bent over doing weird stuff. I don't know what, I don't know why they do that. You see these people that stand in the streets just all hunched over doing weird stuff. I, I don't know what they took. I just know it was drugs. Well, which ones? I'm just not going to do drugs. I don't want to find, I'll bet they didn't start out on that stuff. You know, wisdom just says stay away from those things. The alcohol, just stay away from these things. The sleeping around, the, all the fornications and things that are out there. Wisdom says stay away from these things. 
But the problem is, if we're looking to give into the things of the flesh, you'll find it. But if you're looking for wisdom, it's out there too. It's, it's readily available. The problem is, we're just not looking for it. And it's important that we always stay focused on finding the right things because, listen, you will find what you are looking for. And one thing that we have seen this over and over again in our church, we will continue to see this in our church. But in church, people too, sometimes, I mean, we've had people visit our church that they were a little too excited about our church. They'll, I mean, they'll come and visit our church and we are just the greatest thing ever. And it's just like, we're not that great. I think our church is pretty good. But it's like, come on, watch those people. Okay. Now, again, bless their hearts. Okay. Bless their hearts. The reason they think we're so great, it's not because they're stupid. It's just because they want us to be that great. They, but sometimes they want our church to be great because they want to pit it against their church because they're mad at their church. Sometimes they want it to be great because they are. They are desperately looking for a good church. They think in their mind, man, if I could be in a church like Liberty Baptist Church, my wife would stop acting like a Jezebel. You know, my kids would stop acting like a bunch of demon possessed little brats. If I, you know, all, I mean, I, I would just be spiritual. I wouldn't want to sin anymore. I would turn into super soul winner. I'd be super Christian. I mean, man, if we, just, if we could just be in Liberty Baptist Church, everything would be wonderful in our life. That's what people think. And then, but the problem is they're going to come here and you know what? It's not that easy. It's even, it's, it's not, it's not easy doing right. And I believe a church like ours can help, but at the end of the day, the, the pr- reality is going to set in for these people eventually. They're going to find out that there's a bunch of sinners in this church too. There were people just doing the best that they can. And sometimes we do okay. Sometimes we don't do that great. And the problem is while they were looking for perfection in this church and they found it because that's what they were looking for. As soon as they start figuring out this isn't as easy as I thought it was. They're going to start looking for problems. They're going to start looking for fault. They're going to start looking for excuses to leave the church. They're going to start looking for reasons that we're bad. And you know what? They'll find those too. They're going to find what they were looking for. If they want this to be the greatest church, if that's what they're looking for, they're going to find that. When they want it to be the worst church in the world, they're going to find that too. You're going to find what you're looking for. That, that's just how it is. And that's why too. Often when people have come to me complaining about something in the church and want me to do something, it's like, man, you know, that's how it's always been. They act like it's a new thing. Really? You, you just discovered that this person in the church has an issue? Everybody in the church has an issue. You really want me to throw them out for that? We can't do that. That's not worthy of throwing somebody out of church. But that's, what, that's how people act sometimes. And the reality is they're just looking for the escape hatch. It, you know, they found out they couldn't cut it. They found out it was difficult. They found out just going to a good church isn't going to make your life super easy all of a sudden. We're, you know, we're just here to help. But if, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to find them in relationships. In relationships, women are often looking so hard for Prince Charming, they often find him in a derelict. They often find him in some saggy britches dude who plays video games all day, who doesn't have a job, but he loves me. He's so sweet to me. No, you are so desperate to find somebody, you are overlooking every horrible thing about this individual. And the problem is, eventually reality is going to set in, and then, you know what, that same woman is going to start looking for narcissism and abuse, because those are like the things that everybody ends relationships over, narcissism and abuse. And let me tell you something. 
Everybody's got some narcissism in them. Everybody has narcissistic moments. And, but that's like the new thing that everybody's allowed to get divorced for. Oh, my husband's a narcissist. Everybody's got some narcissism in them. And, when, and if you're looking for that in your husband, you're going to find it. Okay? If you're looking for abuse hard enough, he's emotionally abusive. That's always the go-to. It's always the go-to because everybody's supportive. Oh, yeah, you've got to protect yourself. You, you, know, you can't be abusive. I don't believe in being emotionally abusive, but guess what? Guys have bad days. You know, sometimes there's bad moments in marriage. And if you are, if you are looking for the escape hatch in your marriage, you're going to find that too. You're, you're, you're always going to find what you're looking for. And so the problem is we're looking for the wrong things. Once a person starts looking for fault, mark it down, they're going to find it. They're going to, they're going to find it. Abraham Lincoln once said, those who look for bad in people will surely find it. And that's just a fact. If you're looking for bad, you're going to find it. But if you're looking for good, you're going to find it too. And the reality is, if we could just get people looking for the right things, we would be fine. Because you are going to find the things you're looking for. If you look for an excuse to get out of church, if you're looking for an excuse to get out of serving God, you will find an excuse that satisfies your conscience. You'll be able to find somebody out there in the internet land somewhere preaching something that is superior to something in this church, and that thing will become worthy of leaving the church over. But you know what? You'll still never end up in that church. When you have in that church, you'll find that other church that you were in. He'll preach some area where he's superior to that pastor and that church. And then that'll give you an excuse to leave that church. The reality is people always find what they're looking for. As a pastor, it is my desire that this church be a place where people who are looking for the right things can find them. Good doctrine, opportunity to serve, people who love the Lord, a good spirit. And I do, I believe we've always had these things here, but the reality is too, while we've always had these things, our church has always been comprised of fallen sinners who from time to time let the flesh get the better of them. So the problem is, if you're looking for faults and problems too, you are also going to find them. I believe those looking for the right things will be able to find them here, but I can promise you those looking for the wrong things will find them here too. You're going to find them. Nobody's impressed when you do. And I just want to just spend the remainder of the sermon just briefly encouraging you to look for the right things and some things that the Bible tells us to specifically look for. Because if you will look for these things, you will find them. And if you look for the bad, you'll find them. And so let's stop looking for the bad. Let's start looking for the good. So one thing we need to do, turn over Romans chapter 15. Look what it says here. I'm going to try to real quickly go through these things says, we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. We should all be looking for ways to make other people in this church happy. That should be our attitude in church. What can I do to make Liberty Baptist Church better for everyone else? That's what you should be looking for. And if you look for that, you'll find it. But some people are looking, how can I just all be pleasing to me? And that, that's not what you should be looking for because things are not going to please you. For even Christ, even Christ, the head of the church, the creator, the head of everything, pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth 
Glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who re- wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us, to the glory of God. So, we've got to look for ways to please others, to make others happy. We need to be like Christ. And as Christ received us, He received us in our sins, with all our faults, we ought to receive other people in the same way. That, that should be our attitude. But you know what? Often, when men come to me who were sent by their wives to tell me that why they as a leader of the family have decided to leave the church, typically they talk about all these things that didn't please their wife. You know, and that, that's typically how it goes. Because, again, they're looking for things to please them. No, God said we ought to be looking for ways to please others. We should be looking for ways to help other people. And so don't look for ways to make you happy. Too many things are going to get in the way. Everyone has an agenda. And we cannot go around demanding everyone conform to our agenda. Philippians 2, 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus thought about other people. That was his mission. That was his mentality. Other people. That has to be our mentality. Others, 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 others. That's got to be your attitude. But typically, when things go south, it's when we start thinking about me, 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 me. That's when everything changes. Look at the difference between Solomon. When he started in his kingdom and he kept talking about God's, you know, God's kingdom and God's people and he kept talking about God, 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 God. But then later on in Ecclesiastes, he starts talking about I, I, me, me, I, I. And that's when it all changed. That's when he went after the strange women. That's when he started serving other gods. When he, got, when he shifted his focus and we have got to learn to keep our focus and we've got to be looking for ways to please other people. Don't come to church next Sunday thinking, boy... I sure hope there's something this week that pleases me. No, you need to come to church thinking, what can I do to make the service a little bit better? What can I do to make it a more pleasant experience? What can I do to make this church a more friendly place? What can I do to make the message a little better? I can't preach, but you know what? Maybe you can run a glory lap and get the pastor excited and fired up. No, you know, don't do that. But you know, just, you know, participate. Be involved. Be engaged. Pay attention. Don't get distracted. Don't be distracting. All these things, they can make a difference. That's gotta be the mindset. Also, don't come looking for bad in people. I promise you will find it. First Peter 4, 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, I've heard people interpret this like, no, that will co- cover up my sins. No, it will cover up their sins. If you have fervent charity for people, you are going to overlook all their issues and all their problems. That's what it's saying. But you know what? When you don't have fervent charity, you know what? You let every one of their issues cause there to be a wedge between you. You will let every one of their problems stop you from being a blessing to them. And as a result, you're robbing yourself. It says, use hospitality one to another without grudging. You shouldn't have to force yourself to be nice to people. It ought to be easy. You ought to want to do it. You know, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, 
Let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion for and ever and ever. Amen. So we ought to be looking for reasons to forgive. We should be praying more intercessory prayers than imprecatory prayers. That, that's how it should be. Romans 9.1 I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Listen, I think Paul went above and beyond with his love and care and concern for Israel. And, but, at the, but at the same time, you know what? This, this is the attitude we ought to have. We need more of this than that just attitude of condemnation. So not, not, not always, but people often too act the way we treat them. Not always, but they often act the way that we treat them. People are more likely to behave better towards you if you're good to them than if you're bad to them. Do you know that's true? Did you know it's easier to be good to those who are good to you than it is to those who are bad to you or just do nothing? So I don't like the way people treat me. We'll treat people good and they're more likely to treat you good. But you know, not all the time. Some people are just scummy. But you know, it doesn't, but at the same time, you can have a clear conscience that you did the right thing. Another thing we need to be looking for, look for success in advancing the kingdom of God. That's what I'll be looking for. How do I advance the kingdom of God? Not my own agenda, not what pleases me. Listen, we all have things that we want and we need. And Jesus talked about this in uh, Matthew 6, 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows what you need. God knows what you need to survive. God even knows what you need to be happy. But here's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You make the kingdom of God a priority in your life and God will help you get the things that you want in your own life. The things that you actually need. Not the things you think you want. Not the things that are your lusts are drawn toward that are deceiving you. Again, what we are often hoping to obtain by giving into our lust, maybe a feeling is not, that feeling is not a bad thing. That feeling can be a good thing. The problem is we are tricked into thinking something that will hurt us will give us that feeling. God knows what will actually give you that feeling. God knows what will actually provide that fulfillment. And so what God has said, you prioritize the kingdom of God in your life and I'll take care of all these other things. I'll take care of all these other things. In fact, Psalms 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Okay? The, the ones that are good. The, not the ones that are deceiving you. The ones that are actually good. The Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And a lot of times Christians have this attitude, God's, you know, following God is going to keep good things away from me. No, it will not. God does not withhold good things from His children. He gives them things that they need. He gives them things that will make them happy. The problem is, you're looking to give your flesh what it wants. But it's not going to be what you want. It's not going to be what you're looking for. So, I, I, I don't know if just 
I'm, I'm convinced that this will make me happy. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Everybody else is going after this stuff, and they seem like they're happy. People are even looking down on me because of the choices that I'm making. Rest, and He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. We'll eventually see who was right. Today, you might feel like you're wrong. Today, you might even be getting laughed at a little bit. But He'll bring your righteousness as light. Eventually, we'll all know that you were right. And He shall uh, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way. Oh man, those people on Facebook, they, they got what I've been wanting. You know, man, look how happy they look in that picture. Surely, this is the key to happiness. But you know what? It's not. It, that stuff's all fake. You know, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, and those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. They shall inherit the earth. What do you keep finding in your life? What you keep finding is what you've been looking for. Has what you been finding been bringing fulfillment? If it hasn't, you know what? You need to look for something else. You need to look for the things that the Bible says to look for. Don't look for what our world and the flesh tell you. And here, Because here's the thing. Everything you see on television is going to agree with your flesh. Everything. It's, it's going to agree with your flesh. Man, I got two witnesses right there. Now, those witnesses are always liars. Okay? And they always line up with the devil, too. You know what you need to do? You need to follow the witness of the Scriptures. You need to follow the witness of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit always agrees with the Bible. That's, you need to be following those who are living godly, those who are good examples. And I'm telling you, you know, whenever you do, when you're drawn away with your own lust, you're enticed, you're deceived. And you will find, you will eventually get a hold of whatever it is you're pursuing after. You will, you will probably find it, but you will also find out it wasn't what I thought it was. This is not what I thought it was going to bring to my life. And so just understand, our heart is deceitful. And so we just got, we've got to learn to just trust God on these things. And if we do that, I promise you'll be so much better off. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. I thank you so much for everyone who's here today. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to uh, follow these things. Lord, it's so easy to say the right things in these areas, but it's often very hard to do them. And I pray you'll help uh, everyone to have victory and just trust you. I pray that we'll be a church not looking for problems, not looking for faults, but be looking for ways to edify one another, ways we can please you. And, and Lord, I, I know if we look for the right things that we will find them. And so I pray you'll help everyone's hearts to be towards uh, that which you want us to be going after. In your name we pray. Amen.